Let's welcome in familiar voice that you hear on Sirius XM PGA Tour Radio all the time. Form of voice that um, when I was younger, I grew up watching as well on the Golf Channel. And someone that has helped me with my media my media career called the the Can Advisory Group. And uh, the leader of all that is Craig Can. Thanks for uh, jumping in here on the Stripe Show podcast. Hey, it's a pleasure, man. I'm honored, flattered, and uh, excited to talk to you. Congratulations on all your success. You're doing great stuff, and and it's a lot of fun to to be involved in this game and and doing what we're both doing. Yeah, it is fun, right? I mean, golf's in full force right now, all across the world. Two tournaments on the PGA Tour. I was saying in the opening, I love kind of you know watching. I don't know the big tournament there, the WGC during the day, but then late evening we're kind of winding down barracuda championship on the west coast i think these tours need to figure it out i think we need to go midwest east coast early west coast late every single sunday i like (laughs) nestling in late watching west coast golf like we're gonna get in san francisco again this well that's the beauty of it i i love the west coast events and the primetime golf that you get on any tour uh same thing goes with the open championship when we're watching golf in the morning sitting around uh, mm-hmm. our house with a bowl of cereal or a cup of coffee or or an omelet or something um that's the beauty of it so I, i'm all in for that we could make that change i actually have gone on record as saying i wish that the PGA tour would have the tour championship on a rotation where I, I know East Lake is incredible, but I, I would love to see it in the West coast uh, area at some point uh, once every three years. So we could have a prime time, real big bang finish. If you're going to throw that much money at people, let everybody see it in prime time. That's my thought. Yeah. My thought. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's a great idea. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of a Homer though. I'm from the West coast. So it's exciting to see, uh, TPC Harding Park, which we'll get to later here uh, in the podcast. But I want to reflect back here on Sunday. Um, you know, one of my favorites and, and a guy that I've been kind of pounding the pavement on for many years, Craig, not just as of late here, you know, Justin Thomas, last four seasons, he's got 12 wins. Next closest DJ uh, at nine. Kepka has six. Bryson has six. Rory has five. He's now number one player in the world. Youngest to reach it. Tiger was 23. Jack was 25. Now here's JT um, at 27. Is it fair to say that in the media, we haven't given JT his full due, his full credit? In my opinion, he's kind of been in the shadow for the most part. Spieth early, Ricky's appeal, Rory, big sexy swing, the Bash brothers, DJ Brooks. uh, Now here's Bryson hitting off the planet. Oh yeah, Justin Thomas right? 13 wins. Now the number one player in the world. I think we need to push him out front. He's been the best player. Here he is. And if he drives it anything like he did on Sunday at Memphis, I think he's going to keep it because I do think he is and has been the best player now for the last few years. Is that fair to say? Well, there you go. I mean, you just said a whole lot right there. I mean, you you took all the all the stats and threw them at people, made a compelling argument, and I think there's a lot that we could say you're right about. Um, you know, he had four weeks at number one back in 2018, uh, unseated Dustin Johnson, who'd been there for for more than 60 weeks. Uh, I think uh, his consistency is really impressive 
20 worldwide starts since last July, and he's only been outside the top 23 times. You already talked about all of his victories, and and I'll, I'll take it a step further and say most tour wins in the last, what, five years. He's got 13, which is his total. Dustin's got 12, and Rory's got seven. So if you just look at that number, you're going to say he deserves more credit. At the same time, he's had a couple of times where he's had self-inflicted wounds coming down the stretch and giving a few tournaments away. Now, there are a lot of people that have done that during the time. It makes you appreciate Tiger Woods all the more and what he was able to accomplish when in contention or having the lead, et cetera, or even trailing um, at times. But, you know, here, here's the thing. We debated this on SiriusXM on the post-game show uh, a few weeks back, and it, it got... I don't want to say it got heated. It got spirited because I threw the question <laughs> out there as to whether... Justin Thomas. Now, again, this is three, four weeks ago, and we know what happened at the workday. Um, is he a superstar in the game or is he an all-star in the game? And at the time, I said he was at the highest level of all-star. To me, superstar is a is a very lofty perch in any sport that people get to. And the game of golf has numerous numerous all-stars they really do now if you're just talking about stars right now you know you have to figure out what qualifies people for all these different categories because there's more to it than just you know how well you stripe it off the tee or um how how many greens you hit or how many putts you make etc um there's charisma there's are you an ambassador in the sport etc i think uh Justin Thomas has a lot of the qualities we would look for. I think he's starting to get his due. He's a pretty funny guy. Um, it was interesting mm-hmm. that that he was an on-course reporter during the the funny stuff before we got going back, uh, you know, after the pandemic, you know, hit us. I, I think the best is yet to come for him. But I do think we need to slow down the train on all these guys before saying that, they're the greatest player in the game because to me, number one in the world doesn't mean best player in the game necessarily. That's my take. I just want to interrupt this interview real quick and give a shout out to my friends over at Encore Golf. Encore provides some of the most cutting edge technology in a golf ball that I have ever seen. Their team in Buffalo, New York is changing the script of golf technology through their perimeter weighted designs, which offer players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course. With their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, they are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com backslash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show. Yeah, no, I think those are those are fair points. And But this has been coming now for... <coughs> A while. I mean, I think it's fair that, you know, Spieth and what he accomplished early in his career, 12 wins, three majors. And yeah. it looked like he was, he, he was, he was on his way, right? I mean, you're looking at a Phil Mickelson kind of career and beyond. Uh, he's pumped the brakes. Uh, Ricky has all of those um, things that you would want in a star off the course, but under delivers on the course. Um, but yet Ricky seems to be nudged ahead to some degree. Rory is fascinating, compelling, the big, beautiful swing. And Justin just keeps winning. You know, he just, he just keeps winning and keeps improving in the areas um, that he needs to improve on. I had Billy Kratzer on um, last week and we were talking about JT and, and the one thing we kind of kept coming back to was just a little more consistency 
off of the tee, you know, not having those big wild misses that seems to kind of hold him back. And I got to tell you on Sunday, and I think he said afterwards, that's probably the best he's ever driven it. He didn't miss a fairway up till 15. He didn't miss a um, cart path either. <laughs> that was, that was probably the all time biggest break of the year, but he took advantage of it, made yeah, birdie. Yeah. Uh, and then he birdies the par five after a bad drive, like you're supposed to do down the stretch. Um, and then, you know, just two smart plays there to make scrambling cars on 17 and 18, but he just keeps winning. Uh, he's impressive. He held off Brooks Kepka, who I want to ask you about, um, you know, Brooks has got to feel pretty good here. He hasn't shown any form as of late. His ball striking was spectacular, particularly with the iron game. Um, but still some question marks around the knee. Where do you, where do you, what are you hearing around Brooks Kepka's health as we head into the PGA as he looks to double defend? Well, first off, I think it's an impressive what he was able to do over the weekend. You know, you can go glass half full, glass half empty on him and say, oh, he made bogey at 16, made a long birdie putt at 17 after um, another poor tee shot, made double at 18. All right. So in that case, he's really upset. He's not playing great golf, et cetera, down the stretch. I don't go there. I go, he hasn't shown much. And now all of a sudden he has a great week. Oh, and there's a major next week. I mean, isn't that what he always does? It seems <laughs> like it. He's put himself right in the mix of contention. Uh, the last three winners of the PGA were battling for the lead down the stretch at the WGC event. And that's only two guys that we're talking about. Um, I, I am a huge fan. He's one of my contenders. I give him a decent shot uh, of winning the PGA at TPC Harding Park. But more importantly, though, I, I think you have to look at how much golf he's played. And so I'm not a doctor. I'm not an orthopedic surgeon. My name's not James Andrews. I'm not going to tell you, you know, that his knee is is in great shape or bad shape or whatever, because I just don't know the answer to that. Um, but I will say that that um, what he's doing right now is at the exact right time to do it. If he wants to win the FedEx Cup, you got to get in the playoffs to have a chance, right? Well, he made a big jump this past week. If you want to win a major championship, you've got to go in with some decent form. He's done that and checked that off the list. If you're looking for a guy with a bit of a chip on his shoulder, he's always got that, right? And he also yeah. has a poor finish down the stretch on Sunday at the WGC event. So I think all those things work in his favor. I also like the fact that he didn't win the WGC event. I think that helps him. In other words, if, if I'm going to take Justin Thomas or Brooks Kepka, I'm probably going to lean Kepka if I was making picks um, for the PGA right now. So I think Kepka's getting um, into a much better position. And, and certainly we talk about him anyway. So, so I think he's fine with that too. Yeah, you go back to 2018, and this is to your point, the, the St. Jude was the week before he finished fifth. And, you know, good ball striking week, lost two strokes to putting, and then goes in, wins the PGA in 2018, the fast forward to 2019, the Byron Nelson, because now the PGA in May was before the tournament. He finished fourth at the Byron and then goes into the PGA and defends and wins there. And now you look at him here. He's T2 this week at St. Jude's. Good ball striking lease. Loses two and a half strokes to the field and putting. So kind of a similar, you know, form, if you will, uh, heading into the PGA this year. You look at Brooks historically, I think for me, like he's always been a little bit up and down with the flat stick. Um, he can be hot and cold. Um, his ball striking was the concern for me. He has the double miss going. He has to feel really good about 
the form that he's shown uh, with his iron game strokes and approach. He was 8.4 in the positive. That's a huge number. Um, So he hit the ball well enough to win. And now it's just, I think being patient here to get the putter to turn around. Interesting uh, that he switched coaches. Uh, Jeff Pierce was his longtime short game coach. And then um, rumor have it, he was working with Phil Kenyon late on Wednesday around the putting. So clearly he's not happy with something in his putting. And now Phil's kind of in there to try to help him kind of sort some things out. But again, historically up and down with the flat stick, the ball striking has to be there if you're going to win at Harding Park. Well, the other thing too, that you have to factor in at Harding Park, if we're moving in that direction of the conversation is the weather, you know, and um, cold weather doesn't always agree with people that, that have had, um, you know, some issues getting limber, getting loose, um, you, you need to be ready. You need to be able to deal with that. And um, so in that regard, um, I wonder about a guy like Dustin Johnson's back, even though he showed some form over the weekend. Um, I worry about a guy like Brooks Kepka's knee, um, although he showed some form over the weekend. I worry about a guy like Tiger Woods, um, who didn't show any form over the weekend unless he played a couple of great rounds we don't know about. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that that's, that's one of the things about the major championship. And oh, by the way, um, everything gets ratcheted up and we haven't played a major since Shane Lowry had the Claret Chug in his hand. I mean, that, that, that was forever ago, by the way, um, he gets to keep that thing for another year. I don't know that anybody <laughs> will have sipped as much out of the Claret Jug as Shane Lowry and his buddies. Um, so <laughs> he probably had some competition with that um, in a year's time. I think John Daly had it for a while, but all I'm saying is it, it's been a while since we've had a major championship and we need to start thinking about the the names of, of the, the, the guys that are going to try to get this thing done. I mean, this is where the, the big stars are supposed to shine. Now you threw out Rory McIlroy, you threw out Ricky Fowler's name, you know, Fowler's an enigma to me. I can't figure it out. Maybe we gave him too much credit too quickly. Um, you know, there are some, you know, you know, this, I mean, Travis, there are so many very good golfers and it's almost unfair with only a few majors a year that, that we put this kind of pressure on guys that they're not successful if they don't do this or that or the other. It's just not that easy. And Kepka was human down the stretch on Sunday in Memphis. And Rory McIlroy has been human in tournaments down the stretch. And Justin Thomas, who you started this podcast out talking about how great he is and does he get enough credit, has had some struggles down the stretch. So it, it's not that easy to have a trophy at the end of the day on Sunday. No, no, it's not. And um, But, you know, I think to Ricky's point, he, he needed to put one or two of those majors away, finishing second as he did. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, he puts one of those away. It's a different conversation. He puts two of those away. So, you know, you get in the stretch and then, or you get into the hunt and then can you get one of those to, to fall your way? And it is like, there's only one winner, right? At the end of the day. Um, And then you put four major championships and now you've got a few, you know, I think we're probably too critical. Um, at times. Here's the thing, Travis, here's, here's the thing in, in football, no longer in the NFL, do we allow a quarterback chosen in the first round to hang out for a couple of years with a clipboard and a headset. We don't allow a lottery pick to come in as the sixth or seventh man and find his way in the NBA. That's just not how it goes. We rush 
players up the ladder in minor league baseball to get to the big show uh, because we've invested so much money in them. And so my point is, is that we live in a society where we are very impatient and we don't allow people to get their just due on their own time schedule. You know, Ricky Fowler may end up with four majors. He might not win his first one. Look at Sergio Garcia. Look at Colin Montgomery, how great a player he was and he didn't get one. Look at Lee Westwood. I mean, we could go on down the line of of the number of really good players. Are you telling me Ricky Fowler is that much better of a player in his prime than Steve Stricker was in his prime? I'm not so sure, you know? So there's a lot of factors that go into it. And I, I just think we need to be patient. It makes you appreciate a guy like Mickelson for what he accomplished with 44 wins in a Tiger Woods era. Um, and yeah. the number of majors he was able to get. Anybody that did anything in that era deserves a lot of credit. And we're in a situation right now in professional golf where um, the world ranking changes, you know, like we change our socks. Um, Justin Rose, where you been? Jason Day, where you been? I mean, it wasn't all that long ago. Luke Donald was the number one player in the world. So these things happen. There are changes. And John Rahm was there and everybody was talking about it. I'm guilty. We were on the postgame show talking about, all right, now what? And then last night, um, Sunday night, I throw out next five years. I'll give you three players, Justin Thomas, John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, total wins. You tell me who you take. It's not that easy a conversation, but that's what makes the game great right now. <laughs> it is. And you got some young guys now coming up, the, the Colin Morikawa's of the world who, um, the Sunjay M's, uh, the Matthew Wolf's, right? The Victor Hoblins who, are going to be competing as well now uh, in these major championships. You got like Colin Morikawa uh, at a place like TBC Harding Park. You look historically um, at the the kind of player that wins there. You got to have some length, but you got to keep it in front of you. Uh, uh, you got to have a, a decent short game when you need it. You got to have the total package, of course, to win major championships. But you know, Tigers won TBC Harding Park. He's done well there. Rory's won there. Um, you know, what do those guys have in common as we move the conversation? towards TPC Harding Park. But before we get there, I, I, just let me, let me take a step back real quick, Craig. Sure. Um, because I, I just, I want to just call out TPC Southwind here for a second. Um, how about this golf course, right? 7,200 yards and 13, 13 under wins the golf tournament. We're in the distance era. Do we roll it back? Do we not? All the big players are there and 13 under wins the golf course or th- wins the golf tournament. Um, you, you look at a type of course, the way they've set it up, right? And the way that it plays, it yields to everybody can win there at the WGC. You know, Brooks has won there. JT now, DJ, right? But you look at, you know, Daniel Berger has won there. He's not extremely long. Ben Crane won on this golf course. Brendan Todd was right there. He's not long. So how about a TPC Southwind? A little credit that way in the way that they're positioning that golf course to bring in the best players of the world and give everybody a chance to win in the distant era, 13 under conservative number par 70. I thought it played well. It played great. Uh, I've been there multiple times during my time at Golf Channel. Daniel Berger kind of owns the place. Uh, You know, he was right there in the mix again uh, yesterday. So uh, I I think it's a fantastic track. I I like a 13 under winning score. I like it when it's a little bit more challenging. Uh, What's the big thing that that golf course has? It's got a lot of water. It's got plenty Mm -hmm. of hazards. And if the wind blows at all, it can be difficult. What's interesting is it it was just, you know, for a long time, just another tournament on the schedule. Now they, 
take it up another level, elevate it with a bigger purse. And, and now it's a WGC event. And the top players are all playing there, et cetera. And all of a sudden the golf course shines a little bit. Uh, yeah. we, we don't think about it like that. Nobody was talking about that when Dickie pride won that golf tournament years ago. <laughs> right. I was there yeah. when John cook won. He and I joke about it all the time on, um, on connected on Sirius XM. And you know, I, I, um, I think there's a lot of courses like that on the, on the PGA tour that don't get the credit it deserves. Uh, colonial is a fantastic golf course, but, mm-hmm. but it's just another tournament on the schedule, but it's got a wonderful history. So yeah, your points well taken. TPC Southwind is, is terrific. And, uh, there are a lot of other ones that are no longer, uh, no longer a part of the PGA tour that, um, that probably would, you know, could field a WGC event. No problem. Yeah, I've been to Southland many times back in my Tour Academy days. And when they elevated the tournament, I said, you know, the biggest winner here is going to be Southland because this is a really good course. And I think this is a great venue. Now it's hot in Memphis. There's no hotter golf course probably on the, in the United States. But this golf course is going to be great. And it's going to be an even playing field. Um, you know, you're going to have to hit all the shots here. I mean, distance is distance. We know that. There's an advantage, especially if you're keeping it in front of you like JT was on Sunday. Uh, but it does equalize a little bit with the water. You can make double in a hurry, but if you're keeping it in front of you, you can go low. Like we saw, um, you know, course record on, uh, on, on 61 on Saturday from uh, his name slipped my mind, Tom, the, the Englishman. Um, anyway, he shot 61 on Saturday and then, but you can go, you can go the other way. Like we saw with Brendan Todd as well when you start miss hitting it and you start missing some of these shorter putts, you know, you're going to, you're going to post that three or four over. So I thought, I thought Southwind played well. I'm interesting now as we move the conversation to the PGA uh, to the PGA championship and TPC Harding park, a golf course that we've seen a couple times uh, back in 2015 when Rory beat Gary Woodland to win the match play. And then, um, Ironically, Jim Furyk lost in the consolation match. Jim Furyk finished fourth here, who just won on PGA Tour Champions um, for the first time. His first event, he wins the Ally Challenge. So are we going to see something similar here? Or is this course, you feel kind of your initial look at it, going to favor kind of the long hitter, the bomber, Rory, Tiger, Rom, etc. Well, there's a couple of things. Uh, and by the way, uh, one final button up on Southwind. Look at what happened to Brendan Todd. I mean, he looked like a world beater and then he shoots five over on Sunday. Didn't even make a birdie. And Ricky Fowler plus three on Sunday and both of them finished tied for 15th. So, you know, I, that course was was there if you played well and, and if you made mistakes or you were wayward off the tee, you got punished. And championship. Um, this is always one of the greatest fields uh, assembled in major championships, the deepest, certainly. Um, there have been a couple of withdrawals this week and, and some, some injuries and various situations going on. But the golf course was renovated in 05. So um, it's, had, it's had some changes. The greens were, were redone in 2013. They've added 400 yards to the golf course. That's just to keep up. I was there for the President's Cup years ago. Um, it, this is a different time. Uh, of year. And uh, I, I think there's a lot of things at play. Look, I, I don't pretend to be a swing analyzer or the guy who knows every grass on the golf course, but the minute you start throwing po- the term Poana around, um, things change <laughs> with guys on greens. And uh, certainly a Colin Morikawa, who's got a history of going to college out in that area, um, would would probably factor in more than 
than you would think otherwise. And I asked Mark Lye that question on the postgame show. I'm like, how many shots is that worth to be a California guy who's comfortable with that? And he said a couple. There's no no doubt it's an advantage for, for guys. But um, look, there's there's some holes there that have been like every major now, right? taken par fives and turned them into par fours. The ninth is only five, only 515 yards as a par four. And the 12th is 494 yards as a par four, not a par five. So you are going to need some length um, on the golf course. There's no question about it. A couple of good finishing holes. The 17th is a pretty demanding par three and the 18th is a par four at 480. So I, I think, um, look, it's going to be foggy in the morning, right? I mean, that's always seemingly a given. It's going to be cool. We're talking temperatures mid-50s in the morning and late late tea times. If you're finishing up, it's probably going to be pretty chilly. Um, I always think back to like Oakland Athletic Games or San Francisco Giant Games and people shivering at Candlestick Park. Um, you might see a little bit of that. And I think that'll be a factor, you know, with the greens and, and the situation like that. So you better bring the best of yourself. Uh, first and foremost. And by that, I'm talking about the mental aspect of the game and, and being able to say, look, I, I'm, the, I'm not going to be perfect. There's going to be some, some areas where I'm going to have to, you know, up and down it and wedge it really well, et cetera, uh, to, to stay in the hunt. So uh, I think all those things factor. If you're talking about, you know, players that I like and all of that sort of stuff, I, I've got names, but, but I, I think there's some, some interesting, interesting things that play here. Um, Tiger Woods is is somebody that everybody's talking about and we just don't know what to expect. Yeah. And I don't know about you, buddy, but I I he talks about reps all the time and he didn't take advantage of a lot of reps. Now he knows better than anybody what he's capable of and what his body needs and all that stuff. So far be it for me, you or anybody else to critique him. Um he's got a few more majors than us and a few more wins than us. But um but I'm a little nervous about what we might see. Then again, he always proves us wrong. So, you know, figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely, I was a little surprised Tiger didn't play um, WGC. I, I thought that, I mean, he, he normally doesn't play before a major, but we know the circumstances are very different with Tiger right now. And, and reps, he, he's always talking about that. I thought he would get a few um, at St. Jude. Uh, it was it was hot there. That would bode well for his back. So, yeah, there's a question mark for for Tiger. I think there's a question mark for Rory too. Uh, I don't think anybody um, was affected more from the shutdown than Rory. You know, heading into the Players Championship, um, and he's just rolling. I, I mean, he's he's first at the Tour Champ, third at Zozo, win at the WGC, third at Farmers, fifth at Genesis, fifth at Mexico, fifth at API. I mean, this guy's just cranking. Right. I mean, he is the number one player in the world. COVID hit. He comes back. He can't find it. He just can't get uh, into the groove and he's not swinging it well, which is the concern to me. Brooks showing signs of hitting it better. To me, Rory's going the other way. A guy who's played well, well there in the past. Can Rory find it in San Francisco? Well, what, what happened at Royal Port Rush? You know, the, the weather was, was pretty chilly. Um, and it was a disappointing week for him. Um, can he find it? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to bet against Rory McIlroy to find it. Um, but I'm also not, I did not put him in my, in my top three contenders when we did our preview show this week. Um, I, I'm just, 
Look, this, if you're in the business of handicapping major championships, I mean, it's all easy to say, all right, who are the betting favorites? But to, to come up with the names of who really are the favorites, um, I think it's really difficult based upon how we started this whole conversation with so many terrific players. I don't have the official World Golf ranking right in front of me, but uh, to find some names that would be impressive, you know? I mean, there, there'd be a lot of them. Can you share? Can you share a few of those names, or do well, you have, we have to wait to hear the? No. So, so here's the thing. All right, <laughs> um, I, this is how we broke it down. We okay. went through three name contenders, one to twenty in the world. All right, that's what Mark Lyon and I did in our previous show. Then we then we picked a couple of sleepers outside of the top fifty in the world, and then we picked one wild card amidst all wild cards. Okay. So that's how we, that's how we did it. So here, here's what I'm going to do first. I'm going to give you my wild card pick first. And that's Jim Furyk. And and I didn't, um, again, we, we did this show on Friday last week. So I need to, I need to say that first of all, um, I just think that Furyk could surprise people. Do, do I pick him to win? No, I'm not picking him to win. I'm talking about being in contention and surprising people and playing well. And Warwick Hills is a terrific golf course for him to be able to do that. So I, I'm pretty excited about what he did over the weekend. Um, it's been a long mm-hmm. time since somebody won their debut event on the PGA Tour Champions. Good for him. And I, I think he'll come in there with some momentum, and I think it's a golf course that, that he'll do well on. Um, outside the top 50, here's where I got into trouble. And Mark and I both had the same guy of, of our two. We each had the same guy. Um, and that was Charles Howell, the third, but he's pulled out with a rib injury. So, um, that forces me into a different direction, but I had Scotty Scheffler on that list and the PGA championship always allows for somebody to come out of there that you're just not expecting, you know, um, that, that wins a major why Yang, um, you know, Keegan Bradley was, was Keegan, not, yeah. the, you know, the biggest name in the world. There, there are others we could go down the list. Um, and I'm sure you could come up with a few more. So, uh, I, I feel like Scheffler's got a lot of game. Um, I'm not suggesting that he's going to win the tournament, but I also think he's strong enough to, to impress. And it's been a little bit quiet. The name I was throwing out there as my, my guy outside of those two. Now I can put him in because Charles Howell's out is Rory. But it's not Rory McIlroy, it's Rory Sabatini. Ooh. And, I mean, if we're talking about players outside the top 50, uh, I'm just saying I, I think you have to, to look at the bigger picture than chalk all the time. And um, we haven't played a major in a long time. The game's a funny thing right now. And, uh, and I can see that. I don't know about you. Do you, do you have some outside sleepers before we get into the real big name guys that you want to throw up there as your top, top few picks? Well, I, you know, I, I'll, Spieth is outside the top 50 Yeah, and you know, Jordan Spieth that I've been saying this here for the last few weeks is, is starting to put the pieces back together. Know that the putting and the short game is back together. Um, he's still a little loose off the tee from time to time. But the one thing that's um, the one thing that's really starting to show up for me is in the approach game. He's starting to show up in the positive category and there for a while, that wasn't the case. So I, I kind of like Jordan speed that's putting the pieces together. Is he there yet mentally to be in the hunt and put someone away? We'll have to wait and see, right? He hasn't been in that situation um, time and time again, like he used to, but I do think he's starting to put the pieces back uh, 
It'll be interesting. I mean, you know, it's, it's the buddy system thing, right? I mean, how long did we talk about Dustin Johnson? Then all of a sudden Brooks Kepka comes up and starts stealing the show and stealing all the majors. Um, Jordan was the guy. And now all of a sudden his buddy, Justin Thomas has absolutely lapped him. And, and we're trying to figure out where Spieth is there. Spieth and, and Ricky Fowler to me are one in the same. Everybody loves them. Everybody wants them to do well. Everybody wishes for more. Um, and, and so that's added pressure. It's just not that easy. Um, I, Justin Thomas doesn't have that, that Jordan Spieth does, to be honest. Um, doesn't mean he's not a better player, but he doesn't have that. There's not that thing when they both came out. Um, Spieth, remember he had had that great week at the, at the Byron Nelson. And, and we all remembered that being, you know, hometown kid and all that sort of stuff. So it's just different. It's not, it's not easy. So I look, I'd love for you to be right. And me be wrong <laughs> with that speed pick. How about, how about a Corey Connors? You know, I think there's a guy that can, that can strike his golf ball. It, it, can he do enough with his putting, right? Corey Connors outside the top 50. Yep. Yep. Um, I think he's a name that's showing up uh, on these, you know, difficult, excellent iron player. Um, can he do enough on those types of greens? We're seeing Joel Damon's name popping up a lot. Yep. Um, I'm not sure he's ready to win. So yet. there, there you go. You got that factor in there too. Ready to yeah. win a major. Yeah. I mean, you know, when Corey Connors won his golf tournament, nobody saw that one coming. Right. Okay. So does because he because he wins a golf tournament, does that mean he's now ready to win a major? Mm, I'm not I'm not so sure. I mean, we've we've yep. had some um Lashley comes to mind and and Mitchell comes to yep. mind and some a few others, you know. Um, does that mean they're ready to jump up and, and hold the Wanamaker trophy on Sunday? Not so sure, especially given this time where there are so many good players. Like if Ian Poulter played great golf and was right in the mix down, I would not be surprised at all. Okay. He's not on my list, but I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I, I have a feeling that, that um, this week is going to provide us. And I, I say this after I threw out Scotty Scheffler's name, but I feel like we're either going to have somebody like a Colin Morikawa who I wouldn't bet over a guy like Xander Shoffley, if I'm being honest. I think you need a, a couple of more years in it. But I think we're going to see a veteran player, a guy who's been out there. Um, and I would consider Justin Thomas a veteran at this point. I mean, he's got 13 wins. You can't call him a, um, you know, a rookie anymore. So I just I feel like somebody that's got experience is going to be there. So here you go. You ready for, for my three con- big-name contenders? I'll give them to you. Let's hear it. All right. Now, th- here's the deal. The guy that I'm picking to win the tournament is is in a bit of a tough spot right now, and um, and maybe you'll figure out where I'm going with that as I move along here. Um, in in no particular order of the other two not named the guy that I'm picking to win the tournament, um, Brooks Kepka is on my list. He was on my list prior to the weekend of um, what we saw at TPC Southwind. I just felt like he's he's trending in the right direction a little bit. Um, I, I feel like you have to, until when a guy has a chance for three in a row, you know, and it hasn't happened in the PGA since Walter Hagen, for gosh sakes. I mean, how many years ago was that? Uh, it hasn't happened in any major since Peter Thompson did it. So that was in the fifties. Um, I, I think you got to give Brooks 
Kepka his credit. You have to give him his due. And you got to say, until somebody beats the guy, I'm going to put him on the list. That's on these things. So, so in there for me, here's a name that, that might surprise you. And that's Mark Leishman. Mark Leishman to me. Now you started this whole thing with, does he get enough credit talking about Justin Thomas? I don't think Mark Leishman gets enough credit for being a really good player. And he, in my opinion, will win a major championship. I just don't know when. Um, I think if he were to win, nobody would be surprised. Nobody that plays the PGA Tour or that covers the game with regularity. That's my take on on Leishman. So um, knowing we haven't played one in in however many months, it's been on it's been a great number, uh, thirteen, whatever it is. Um, I'm putting him in there, and my pick to win the tournament is the guy who's already won a major, basically across the street, and um, and that's Webb Simpson. Uh, I felt like going in to last week, if you looked at the year in general of a guy who's really played good, solid golf, Webb Simpson was right there. Um, one in Harbortown, he, he's, he's got the it factor. He's rolling it well now. Um, I think he's a terrific ball striker. I, I don't do what you do for a living, but, but I watch enough golf to, to feel like he could handle this, and he's already got that major championship. The issue is the caddy situation with Paul Tesori. I mean, we're not talking, you know, when you throw your back out, you got to grab another guy to carry it around. Jim McKay did that for Justin Thomas, which, by the way, was a great story. And the fact they were playing with Mickelson on Sunday was, was almost epic. Um, but I think the Tesori thing is a factor. But uh, probably most people would jump off him on that. I'll, I'll go, you know, that'd be a pretty cool story if he was able to win it Sunday with somebody else. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you're, you're preaching to the choir first off with Mark Leishman. For every, people that listen to me on the Stripe Show podcast, they know I love Mark Leishman, was all <laughs> over him in my DraftKings at Memorial. He, he, he didn't play good back-to-back weeks at a place where he normally does at Muirfield. Um, but, um, I mean, the dude can strike his golf ball. I mean, he is prime time uh, in the approach game. Finished 52nd at St. Jude. I wouldn't be surprised, uh, Craig, if he won. Um, and then you had Kepka. I mean, Kepka showing form as well. If he does enough with his putter, he's going to be there. I mean, yeah. if he hits the ball. I mean, he hits. He cured it last week. His, his ball striking with his iron. And his short game was good. If he makes putts, he's going to be there. I mean, I, for me, you know, I'm a homer. I love JT. I, I've been pounding my chest for him for many years. JT's playing well. He's got the confidence. This is a good ballpark for him. I'm big on Webb. Birick as kind of that, you know, you, you got to get some value picks, right? I do a lot of DraftKings stuff, so you've got to get the guy at 7,500. I think Ferrick's a good play. I think I've been talking for a long time about Matthew Fitzpatrick. Uh, um, he was one of my sleepers this last week. I actually got to within one of the lead late on Sunday and then fell off. It was almost like, you know, he got a, a sniff of the leaderboard and then he makes definitely it. trending. That's a, that's a real good name to throw out there. Uh, uh, he, he's going to be on my, he's going to be in my lineups as he was last week. I like Matthew Fitzpatrick for this type of course. Um, it, I think I, I'm, I, I like where Xander's at and I think Xander's going to get one. It feels right. Xander holding the Wanamaker trophy. Um, six last week, Craig, and he hit the ball terrible. His approach game was not good, uh, but the rest of his game was good. And then at Memorial, he finished 13th and his putting was awful, but the rest of his game was good. And then at Workday, he was awful around the greens, but the rest of his game was good. So And he finished 14th. So I think 
we saw him kind of, it took a little bit to get the engines going. He was third at Schwab, but then he didn't play good at RBC. He didn't play good at Travelers. Now we see him kind of putting the pieces together. I, I like Xander. Xander is number one for me um, with JT, one and one A. And then, yeah, I mean, I think you got to throw Webb and Brooks underneath that as well. Well, Xander Shoffley is uh, a super talent. No question about it. Now, I would not be the least bit surprised to see him have the Wanamaker Trophy at week's end. Really good pick. And um, he'll get his. There's no question about it. And it, and it could be it could be his time. And notice, we just went through all those picks. Nobody, nobody mentioned Tiger. So there you go. <laughs> it is deep on the PGA Tour uh, these days. Craig, I appreciate your time. Um, it's fun. Hey, we, we've been through a lot in this country in the last six months. But we have a major championship here this week, PGA. And uh, I'm excited. And uh, I enjoy listening to you and everything you've done for me. I, I appreciate your work and uh, taking the time to jump on the podcast, man. Absolutely. My pleasure. It's going to be a busy week. I'll be on all week on Sirius XM with Mark Lai doing pre and post game shows and, and the whole cast for us. So, uh, you know, it's, it's been a run. Uh, a lot of years at Golf Channel, uh, five at the LPGA, and now back doing some media with Sirius XM. And uh, congrats to you on everything you're doing and uh, the success on TV and now and now doing this as well amidst everything else, you know, the platform's getting bigger for you and uh, you're more than ready and more than capable for the stage. Congratulations on all of it. Boy. Oh boy. Wasn't it nice to see the guys back out on the court over the weekend. We're all excited to see what week two of the basketball restart has in store for all of us. And if that isn't enough excitement for you, DraftKings, the leader in one day fantasy sports is offering you a shot at a share of millions of dollars every day. This week, if you haven't tried it, fantasy basketball, well, it's easy to play. Just pick eight players, stand to the salary cap, and pile up the points for three-pointers, rebounds, assists, and more. There's no better way to put your basketball knowledge to the test than to compete for a share of millions of dollars. But if basketball isn't for you, don't worry. DraftKings is offering plenty of fantasy golf action for this week's major. Get in on the action before the golfers tee off on Thursday for a shot at a $1 million top prize. With millions of dollars up for grabs this week, there is no better place to have skin in the game than with DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code TRAVIS to get a shot at millions of dollars in prizes every day this week. That's promo code TRAVIS to get a shot at millions of dollars in prizes every day this week only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details.